I V M. Have you ever wondered why women don't do more crime? Well, we're here to tell you. There's misconduct all the time. Women are thieves and murderers. That's gross misconduct. Con artists, money launderers. Mm. Criminal misconduct. Financial fraud that's hard to track. Takes some planning, but still misconduct. Even breaching a contract. Well, that's more civil, though. It's misconduct. Misconduct. We tell you all about women that suck. Things that make you say, "What the?" It's misconduct. Hello, 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 and welcome to Misconduct. Uh, we are a podcast about Indian women that did some horrible, awful things. Um, sometimes crime, sometimes just unethical stuff. Sometimes they refuse to pay their domestic worker a living wage and treat them like human beings. Just you know, bad Ugh. stuff. <laughs> anyway, I am Raghavi, and I am Nisha. And on today's episode, we talk about Hasina Parker. who headed a massive crime syndicate in mumbai starting in the nagpada area in 1991 and eventually taking over all of mumbai she also happens to be just happens to be sort of real big deal just very small thing she is the sister of the famed mumbai underworld don daud ibrahim oh i know what you're all thinking Gasp! <laughs> How are we going to cover Hasina Parker, who is, like Nisha said, the sister of Dawood Ibrahim, without getting ourselves in trouble? Well, we will do it by aggressively listing every public source we can find for every word that comes out of our mouth. Um, and you know what? We're given to understand that that's how um, good research works. You yes, have to list sources. <laughs> Apparently, that's a thing that we do. Hey, but. <laughs> But of course uh this episode is about the underworld so mm-hmm. expect descriptions of violence criminal activity mm-hmm. for sure this podcast is not for children so listener nope. discretion is advised it is we have given we have advised you over and over again and we will continue to advise you because yes. we don't want to get into trouble <laughs> oh no you can really you sort of get the theme of what's happening here like <laughs> we're trying our best to be as informative mm. while as not getting into trouble but Since we're on this, let's start with organized crime in Mumbai. What? Yeah. yeah. So, um the Bombay underworld is not a joke. Okay. Knock knock. Who's there? Bombay underworld. Bombay underworld. Bombay underworld is not a joke, Raghavi. I was genuinely scared for a second. <laughs> What a loser. <laughs> okay, the Bombay underworld is not a joke. Okay, guys. A lot of cities in India have organized criminal activities. and many of them are in the form of like families that take over administration and like protection of different towns um and they earn a uh, quite a bit of money either from their criminal activities and also in part from like picking up you know tribute from the local towns folk as well mm. um for bombay specifically though there's been a, there's been a lot of like it's bombay has been a big city for a long time and of course there'll always be some extent of criminal activity uh, but mm. it really like sort of started in the 40s with karim lala and his family Um, mm. And the Lala's primarily operated around Bombay's docks and ports, and 
they were allegedly involved in everything from drug trafficking to extortion to gambling gold smuggling contract killings just you name it and mm. um one of our sources that i had read for this was the writer uh, hussein zaidi mm-hmm. he has dude his books are really really fun okay uh, it's like it's like a weirdly dramatized account of a lot of uh, his encounters with folks from the bombay mm. underworld mm. um this is one book which was called uh, from dongri to dubai Hmm. uh he describes lala's empire uh, around this time and he basically said that he was super active from the 1940s till about 1985 hmm. uh oh also there is a dna india article that hmm. calls lala the grand old daddy of mumbai's criminal underbelly you do yeah, you know what daddy used to be such a cute word like sometimes i used to call my my dad daddy now That's i don't know true. this these youths this youthful generation have ruined it we were those youths i feel like i have to <laughs> clarify that um but yes in the uh, that's lala's reign then in hmm. the 70s and 80s like slowly building up some clout came haji mastan hmm. so haji mastan nisha will be very proud to hear this he was actually tamil born eh south india represent yeah represent <laughs> uh, anyway he grew up to control all the smuggled gold and silver oh, and electronics good market in bombay <laughs> you know what it is still something to be proud of um, oh. i feel like we're not represented as bad people enough maybe <laughs> i don't know uh, but in any case mustan had a lot of influential people on his side hmm. particularly bollywood royalty uh, while i was researching for this i came across this photo panel that's very famous it's hmm. just him chilling with like dilip kumar and saira banu at some award ceremony or something wow. like that Yeah okay. so um these are all people that had like you know some clout they were mm, they were mm. famous in their own um you know in in their own ways there are also other famous dons from this time there's uh, there's this guy called Vardarajan Mudaliar who's also Tamilian um yeah, there's loads of these folks we don't have time to get into everyone though because in the 1980s mm. one particular boy rose from some very simple origins and this was our boy Dawood Ibrahim. Um and when I say our boy mm. what I really mean is uh, this man that I fear with every fiber of my being <laughs> and I would go out of my way to not piss him off. Uh sounds reasonable. It sounds reasonable. Yes. Uh his empire is called the D Company. You guys would have heard about it. It's sort of Ooh. kind of everywhere. It's a nice name. Great name. It is Hey oh by the way I I did a very rudimentary uh public search for registered trademarks and applications <laughs> in India. For just like to look up for D company yeah i was just like hey do you think anyone would have registered it and if they had who is it and i looked it up i couldn't find anyone that had registered the the word or like you know a logo that says mm-hmm. d company specifically well that makes a lot of sense i would i don't think anyone would want to dare to take that name uh, to sell no, anything no, no. and that is a good call you are very smart <laughs> <laughs> So the company was a little different from the localized organized crime gangs that Mumbai had seen so far. The company mm-hmm. kind of became like a global phenomenon. Yeah. Um Dawood Ibrahim is currently on Interpol's list of most wanted people and we meant super most wanted people. Please do not approach this guy on your own call the dab police and we'll try to deal with it. Um <laughs> uh, there's there's this, like laundry list of things that Interpol says that he's wanted for which is mm-hmm. organized crime, transnational crime, terrorism, crimes involving the use of weapons or explosives fugitives crime involving mm-hmm. life and health counterfeiting forgery thefts and my personal favorite hooliganism hey 
I don't uh-huh. know. Who, I don't know why, but when when I hear that word, I can only think of like my teacher coming into class and be like, "This is fish market or what?" <laughs> Did every teacher say Everyone. that? Everyone. Everyone. We never had any. We were at the same school when you were kids, but we never had any teachers in common, and they still all said all that. of it. Yeah, everyone except, except for the Arabic teachers who would just be like, "Hey, hi, Wanat." Which, which basically <laughs> which means animals. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you're a zoo. Hey, yeah. I forgot about that. That's true. They would say that. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cute because uh, Dawood Ibrahim was residing in Dubai for a long time, uh-huh. and it is reported that he left in '93. We mm-hmm. actually have no discernible clue about where he is now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to. Also, uh, all these crimes that we're listing are just alleged. Remember mm-hmm. that no court has ever prosecuted him. They haven't even got the chance to question him. He's just. Yep. wanted at this stage not convicted also we are not getting into this any further this is not about him we just mm-hmm. want to set some context for what this time looked like for mumbai in general this episode however is about hasina parker mm-hmm. his sister extraordinaire <laughs> so let's just get into that yes let let us get into that um before we start though there is one thing i wanted to say mm. researching this episode was genuinely a task like mm. i've been at it for almost like 2 weeks okay mm-hmm. um there are loads of reasons for this of course firstly i would say primarily like due to self preservation newspapers did not report on her much right. um if they did they didn't go into much detail you know like if if there were statements made or they managed to get some documents from like the police and stuff then there was mm. stuff that's reported but otherwise it was very high level like nothing really to use oh. um we also Uh, I mean, I don't know if this is specific to her. Mm. She just was very quiet about her work. Right. It's it's not like I, I'm assuming it was a really thick, like close gang of people mm. that wouldn't tell mm. on each other because it is a very family oriented sort of a business, also, right? Mm. Um, so I think that's probably what that was, and and that's likely how that happened. Uh, but one more really, really important reason, yeah, that I found it's so hard to wade through. Um, the information that I needed for this is because. All I found was a sea of articles about the Hasina Parker movie. Oh my god, yeah, dude. Yeah, with Shraddha Kapoor in it. See, I am so tired of seeing her face, this Shraddha Kapoor's <laughs> yeah. face, this entire week. But I mean, I guess at some point, like some level, we have to say thank you to this movie because Hasina's life got pushed into the limelight again. Oh, okay. So because mm-hmm. of that, she ended up getting like. coverage again with i mean there was mm-hmm. quite a bit of coverage no real sources so Ugh, fine yeah whatever have you have you watched the movie though no 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 way the only thing oh. i mean and like as i was reading the uh, various hasina parker movie articles there mm. i just saw that um, sonakshi sinha was apparently the first choice oh hey yeah. Why did right? that not happen? I feel like that would have been a good choice. Uh, there was some clickbait article which, like, which I clicked on, obviously, and it was because apparently uh, her her dates were not matching. Some rubbish. Oh, okay, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you know, face wise, also she looked a lot like Asina right? Parker. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have been a good. Yeah, hmm, good. For also, me. she has talent. That's hey, hey, harsh, <laughs> harsh, bro. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, where are we? Oh, Hasina, right? Hasina. Hasina's early life. Um. which is where i want to transition into so hasina was born in 1959 in a town a tiny town in the state of maharashtra it's called ratnagiri 
Uh, she is from a Marathi Muslim family. Okay. She was a daughter of Ibrahim Kaskar, who is a head constable with the Mumbai police, and Amina B. She was a homemaker. Uh, so Hasina is one of twelve siblings. Uh, she was the seventh in line. Oof. What else do we know about her early life? Um, that's it. <laughs> that's all we know. <laughs> uh, we do know that she got married. Um, yes. To Ibrahim Ismail Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exact date of the wedding is not clear but we know that she had four children uh, mm-hmm. two daughters and two sons they are known to have lived a happy life which was also established apparently in that 2017 movie hasina parker movie i just read the wikipedia page but oh yeah good by for all them, accounts though. yeah good for them by by all accounts hasina was not remotely involved in the the company's affairs um mm. until 1991 dan 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 gasp <laughs> so what happened in 1991 something extremely tragic raghavi was born hey, what the hell no, 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 i'm kidding i'm sorry but no something really sad did happen which was mm-hmm. uh, her husband ismail was killed allegedly mm-hmm. by a rival gang headed by arun gavli oh so, dude that's that's yeah, awful it is awful yeah um and through the late 80s and 90s the arun gavli gang was involved in a power struggle with the d company Uh, mm-hmm. by the way and india today reporter refers to kavli as daddy what as <laughs> if that was his gang <laughs> why do they keep doing this why know. are they called that it's so upsetting <laughs> it, is, it is oh um i mean i don't know what to do with that information man why do you tell me this <laughs> i don't know i just wanted to tell you disturb me it should disturb you also <laughs> uh, fine let's can we move on from this daddy thing generally yes we shall we shall <laughs> So um after her husband passed away the D company mm-hmm. allegedly organized a shootout of a member of the Gavli gang called Sailesh Haldankar mm-hmm. uh various news sources reported that the D company sent out two of their own men that's mm-hmm. Lambu Shakil and Brijesh Singh to avenge Hasina's husband's death in what is now a very famous case the two men went on to shoot and kill uh, Sailesh Haldankar this is famously known as the JJ hospital shootout because mm-hmm. it happened right by JJ hospital in Nagpada Mumbai right both men were arrested and prosecuted for the killing but eventually acquitted um, in 2008 they were discharged by the supreme court due to lack of evidence eyewitnesses also failed to recognize them so they were let go you know bollywood is making movie about this too this very specific the, the jj hospital shooting oh. um it's called shootout 3 apparently and uh. um it has aditya roy kapoor who's playing the lead <laughs> uh, actually wait when i say lead you may ask uh-huh. who is the lead character in a situation yeah. like this i don't know um <laughs> it could be any of those people maybe he's just playing a doctor jj hospital who witness i don't know something maybe. um but you can bet that i will watch it just to see <laughs> if aditya roy kapoor is uh, whatever his character plays let's just hope his character is shirtless <laughs> while playing them here's hoping but mm. i'm sorry did you say shootout 3 like other other shootouts yes actually there were two other i mean well it's three so there were other two shoot other shootout movies i mean krish 3 happened but there was no krish 2 oh <laughs> oh i never thought about that yeah yeah it's koi mil gaya krish krish 3 <laughs> oh sh- okay uh oh my god my world is shaken <laughs> 
But no, the other two Shudar movies, one was Shudar and Lokanwala, which is actually, actually really mm. like that movie. Um, this was about... Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's, the, it's about the 1991 standoff um, that happened mm. in the Lokanwala complex. Mm-hmm. It went on for some four, five hours. Um, the other one is Shudar and Vidala, which I haven't seen actually. Okay. I haven't either. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's just too many shootout movies anyway. <laughs> that's that's fair, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, oh, sorry. This something that we didn't mention before. Uh, mm-hmm. Nagpada. Uh, where JJ Hospital is, that mm-hmm. is predominantly where Hasina would go on to live and rule from. Yep. But let's get into that in a bit. Yeah, let's actually take a little break here. Mm. Uh, when we come back, what did what was Hasina up to? We'll find out. <laughs> Welcome back after the break. Before the break, we were talking about Hasina Parker's husband and how he was murdered. So, um, after that, uh, Hasina is alleged to have slowly picked up a part of the D company's operations in Nagpada specifically. Hmm. Now, there are a lot of allegations against her. Um, Hindustan Times, for example, reported of land grabbing, extortion, Hmm. kidnapping, contract killing. The same report also says that apparently she was far more brutal than her male counterparts. To which I say, what? Who cares? Why Why even mention that? Yeah, it's all... I mean, I don't think it really matters whether you're a woman or man in this, in any (laughs) sort of business in relation to this. But yeah, sure. Okay. I suppose. Mm -hmm. Uh, But do we know for sure that she did all of this? No. (laughs) Much like us, every newspaper uses the term alleged crimes. But Mm -hmm. there are some interesting insights that we would like to put together to understand the extent of her power. Mm -hmm. The first one is on construction. Apparently, in 1990s, no building could be constructed in Nagpada or other areas that the D company operated in without her approval. Mm-hmm. This was uh, particularly like you know, a concern for areas that fell under the administrative power of the Slum Rehabilitation Authority of Mumbai or the SRA. Mm-hmm. The Hindustan Times reported that she would likely charge for this privilege to construct a building. Yeah, I actually read uh, an India Today article. Hmm. Uh, this is not specific to Hasina. Uh, it's just about the the slum rehabilitation or the SRA projects um, that were being undertaken by, you know, by the SRA. Basically, it came to a point where uh, there was so much rampant corruption, likely mm. within the SRA, that the Bombay High Court had ordered an investigation of some 247 projects. Um, there's another article, DNA India, I think, they reported mm-hmm. that the out of all of these, uh, the Anti-Corruption Bureau had started probing at least 11 of the projects sometime in like the mid 2000s. Um, so this whole SRA land corruption scam mm-hmm. thing, it's not an unnoticed thing. Like even the Bombay High Court understood that it was a pretty big deal at the time. So it was very widely reported, mm-hmm. not in the context of Hasina at all. Just generally, right. it was quite widely reported overall. But I guess that makes, I mean, it's not very different from like what we see in all of these American crime movies, right? You pay some tribute and then the local dawn, like, does, and then you pay the tribute to the local dawn and then you get to do some work, you know, it's just, that's just how the movies yeah, are like, Oh, you mean like they, they approve the stuff yeah. that you can do based yeah, exactly. off of the tribute. Yeah, actually, it's interesting you mentioned crime movies. How have we mm. gone so far without talking about The Godfather? I mean, it just seems like the I right... Know. right? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, uh, I, I get what you're saying because these movies really romanticize the idea of like organized criminal organizations generally. Mm. Um, hmm. organized criminal organizations anyway um, when you like when you watch the Godfather movies itself like for example yeah. are you ever really like on the side of the local population of hmm. that area 
I mean, you yeah. don't know if they're ever happy or not happy, you know, with Don Corleone's protections. Hmm. Like, you hmm. don't know any of that, right? Or you don't know what the local people are really going through, except that one time they come and ask the Don for something at his daughter's wedding. Um, you you only hear house. about... No. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespect me. No, you only... So all you hear about is how tough uh, Mike, Michael Corleone's life is. Yeah, oh that's my God, true. It's so hard. So hard for him. How yeah. family is everything. Gang wars are justified. So we we've always seen a lot of these things from the lens of the um, the dons themselves. Mm, mm, so mm. it's sort of difficult for us to really understand how it works, like on the ground level, you know. True, true. Mm-hmm. Actually, even like when when they're talking about Vito Corleone, how he mm-hmm. takes over New York, it's like a. It talks about the slow, gradual rise to power, and you know, it's it's he's fashioned as like some sort of messiah or something who's yeah. come to like protect the local people from the mm-hmm. greedy cops and the administrators who have done them wrong and things yeah. like that. Yeah, oh, I don't I don't want this responsibility, but give me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's basically it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hasina, uh, yes. around this time, she actually began to be known as Apa or mm-hmm. elder sister. Mm-hmm. She moved into the Golden Hall Apartments in Nagpada. I mean, this isn't some big fancy place. It just looks like quite normal from the outside. Right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like all of the other Mumbai apartments. They look like rainwashed and bland on the outside. But <laughs> yeah. Like full of finery and riches on the inside. Yeah. Actually, um, now that you speak about this flat, uh, I think mm. 2019, huh. uh, there are a bunch of reports about how uh, one of her flats was auctioned for 1.8 crores or something Whoa. of that nature. Yeah. Uh, no, no. That's not the best part. Hmm. The apartment is only 800 square feet. What? Yeah, that's all it is. So we don't know who bought it. Their identity was withheld. That's fine. Hmm. It's private property. But 800 square feet for 1.8 crores. That's which crazy. is just yeah. What is this but like? Think, Mumbai real estate prices, or is this just because it comes with a tag of you know? Actually, it could be a bit of both, right? Uh, it was likely maybe even an auction. We don't know. Hmm. It's it could okay. have been both, but what I do here understand is that the uh, central government has taken over the flat. Oh, um, okay. As of 2019 itself, I think, mm-hmm. um, because none of uh, Hasina Parker's relatives at the time could prove that she had purchased it legally or something around that nature. We don't ah, have much okay. more information about this. Okay. We just know that it was sold um, hmm. for that much uh, for an 800 square foot apartment, which is a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she was also allegedly involved in the cable laying and operating business. So mm. there's construction, there's cable. She's basically like building everything that she needs for a home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, when I say cable, we mean cable television for all of right. you uh, Gen Z listening <laughs> to us. <laughs> hey, do you think we have Gen Z listeners? I, I don't know. that. I mean, I feel like I would be very happy if I had Gen Z listeners. Yeah. Am I with it, guys? Am I cool? <laughs> disgusting <laughs> you made it weird <laughs> um, so cable television is that thing that you used to use you know that's the set-top box and the cable and all of that jazz and sometimes it would rain and then your satellite dish would fill up with water and then yeah. there is no more tv <laughs> <laughs> oh god and then like it's right in the middle of some incredibly important test match a uh, mm. cricket match obviously and your dad will lose his shit for two hours <laughs> straight because he's all like why should the infrastructure crumble just because it rains and you're like dad it's a literal dish it catches water what do you want me to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Mumbai essentially had a cable war going on different mm-hmm. cable operators would like divide up chunks of the land in the city and the local folks within an area would be forced to pick a certain cable operator 
I mean, essentially, like no competition and customers could be charged whatever the operator wanted to charge them. Right, right. Uh, as recently as 2014, Mumbai Chief of Police had indicated setting up of a special investigation team to look mm-hmm. into it. So, India Today reported in 2007 that cable operators would first ask APA whether they could demarcate an area in the city for themselves. Right. And apparently, Hasina would be generous enough to also provide them with security if, like, if hmm. they got her approval. So, I mean, again, like I know this might sound like I'm romanticizing it, okay? But hmm. like, when you really think about it, this sort of protection, in a way, would sort of ensure that things wouldn't get violent between rival gangs. Um, because think about it, like something like the cable business, it's a lot of money, right? I'm not saying there's no money in it. Right. Um, and if there are rival gangs, uh, hmm. you know, they, they, it's, it, it, it's very likely it might get violent. And there's essentially a figurehead here hmm. in the hmm. form of Hasina, who is just saying, I'm going to control this. Like, again, I don't want to condone any behavior here. Huh. Um, but what Hasina was doing was effectively, she became a form of police control herself. You know, except instead right. of serving like the public at large, like law enforcement is supposed to do, mm. she just chooses mm. to protect those that pay her tribute or, you know, come and ask her for permission mm. in a respectful way. You know what I mean? Uh, I It's still like, I mean, just the situation is still kind of scary and, and violent in itself, I of guess. Course, yeah, I guess. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but like I would still, obviously we would all prefer if like, the people who were supposed to govern still continue to govern. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, I agree. This, yeah. So if I mean, happens, yeah, I guess, I guess there were those gaps in yeah. the law enforcement process. And, you know, like, I mean, Mumbai is a big, big city. It's huge. Yeah. It's massive. And I kind of get if, you know, some people just felt that they needed protection somewhere else. Again, none of this is us saying... Oh, okay, yeah, Hasina was chill. I mean, <laughs> it's it's still, it's a very tough, very nuanced question. And I kind of get where a lot of people would be coming from at the True. grassroots level, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but hmm. uh, that one India Today article that Nisha said had really gotten to uh, hmm. some of the other stuff that she did. There is one more uh, hmm. that we thought we'd highlight. So the underworld generally, across the world, is not specific to India. Hmm. Underworld generally is very involved in Hawala. So what is Hawala? It is a form of money transfer. Um, and it's kind of done without actually physically moving any money. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of nuance into it. Please go ahead and Google it. Uh, it's basically dependent on a network of brokers around the world that are talking to each other and sort of have yeah. their own stockpiles of money. Right. So as I say that out loud, Hawala doesn't sound too bad. Like it just sounds like a network <laughs> of banks, right? But Hawala does become a problem when... Uh, when you consider the fact that governments haven't recognized it as, mm. you know, like a, a recognized form of money mm. exchange or transfer. Um, plus, it becomes very easy to use for money laundering because there is no right. oversight. Right. Um, it also, you don't know the identity of the sender when you th- look at Hawala. So, mm. it's while, you know, it, it might create this alternative network, it might be easier to transfer money. Mm. There is no control or regulation around it. But I do want to say... Hmm. Um, India made it a little worse than necessary. Uh, you know, like especially in the 70s to the 90s, India hmm. had this really strict foreign exchange law called the Foreign Exchange Regulation Act of FERA. Okay. So among a bunch of other things, they made it really hard to send money out of the country or bring it back into the country. Okay. Hmm. So hmm. even if you were a normal middle class family you and you wanted to send money out because, you know, your kid is like 
know studying abroad oh. or you're an nri living abroad you want to send money back to your parents hmm. all the stuff was really limited because a very small amount of cash was permitted to be sent oh. and the banks charged these crazy amounts of fees hmm. so hawala really grew around this time especially okay. like the 80s and 90s it became a really big deal a lot of normal people relied on hawala because it was the easiest for them no questions asked very mm-hmm. little fees and it was transferred mm. um so the indian underworld like the rest of the world really banked on this and we are given to understand that hasina managed this on the d company's behalf uh it became stronger post 993 after her brother moved and mm. she effectively carried on the operations on her own Yeah this actually was uh, quite neatly captured on this another India today article from 2007 because mm-hmm. it just outrightly says Hasina mm-hmm. Appa runs a proxy business for her brother Dawood. Oh wow. So it's like it's <laughs> come to a point where the, like the newspapers aren't even like shy to just say it out loud. Yeah there also um there are multiple accounts that I had read mm. but these are unsubstantiated okay it's just it feels like stuff that's just put out there for like sensationalizing it um mm. there are some newspapers that said that she was also involved in negotiating for um the distribution rights for bollywood films especially okay. in the middle east and in russia again i don't have a legit source for this okay. so we'll have to assume it's untrue until it's proven true yeah i um, we don't know we don't mm, that's true so just to To a quick recap, to put it really simply, Hasina mm-hmm. ruled over Mumbai for several years, starting from 1993. She controlled it all from her seat at Nagpada. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, she reportedly had assets worth 5,000 crore rupees. Upon Whoa. her death, a lot of reports came out whether she owned land illegally. Um, a Deccan Chronicle article from 2014 says that when Mumbai police was investigating this, apparently the additional commissioner of police at the time said. we will investigate this matter thoroughly whether hasina parker amassed a huge wealth through illegal means mm-hmm. the same article says that she owned as many as 150 properties including mm-hmm. mumbai's posh localities like bandra andheri mm-hmm. borivali and meera road mm-hmm. i've lived in bandra and andheri and i know someone who lived in borivali and i just have to say damn damn indeed <laughs> Um, Hasina's lawyers, Sham Keswani, mm-hmm. uh, however, had some like harsh words for these people. He's quoted to have said, "If anybody has amassed illegal wealth, will that person gloat about it in public?" <laughs> According to me, Hasina Parker owns not a single illegal property. Damn boy, <laughs> you tell it like I mean, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, bro, you just sort of uh, sort of let it slip earlier that she passes away. Please oh no oops yeah. oh no this is information anybody can have if they literally google <laughs> hasina parker that's true <laughs> dude you know what uh, i've had some people just sort of like randomly contact me the day before an episode comes out and they're just like hey hmm. can you tell me who it is and i'd be like no <laughs> then if i if i give you a name you will google it and then you'll rule the episode for yourself you dummy do you want that to happen to you that's just it's just, like if I don't know if like you what imagine you've never watched Space Jam and then someone tells you hey, oh that God. the you know <laughs> that Bugs Bunny wins at the end. That's that's tough man. It's just I, so I unnecessary. Mean, to all of those people I'd like to say we are doing so much research and <laughs> yeah. we present it so cutely and we're like adorably <laughs> funny. Just listen to us please tell your friends. 
Yeah, this, yeah, please tell your friends. Um, why, and you know what? Let's take a little break here for some fresh air for us. Uh, you can step out and quickly text 10 friends each. Yes. And let them know about this podcast. podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the real world. No. <laughs> From your wonderful break. <laughs> um, okay. There is one thing that we can talk about that was all over the news in 2007. Mm-hmm. Between April to August 2007, Hasina was arrested by the anti-extortion cell of the Mumbai police. Why, you ask? Well, for extortion. What were you expecting? <laughs> <laughs> I only thought you would go like, you know, I, th- I really think, didn't think you would explain it. I just thought you would end it at, yeah, she was arrested and everybody just had to presume it. But <laughs> let me step you in here for a quick minute. Hmm. Um, what is extortion? Extortion is a crime under the Indian Penal Code. So hmm. Section 383 of the Indian Penal Code says, whoever intentionally puts any person in fear of some sort of injury, hmm. either to the person itself or some other person, and through this whole thing, they dishonestly induce the person who is in fear to either hmm. deliver some property or some sort of valuable security. Hmm. That's called extortion. I said a lot of words. Basically, yeah. it is, listen... I might hurt you or I might hurt someone you know. Hmm, hmm. You go get me a thing that I want and that's extortion. Essentially, right? So the easiest way to understand Hmm. extortion is to use an illustration directly from the IPC. Yay! I love illustrations from the IPC. (laughs) Yay! Kids, kids, listen to me. Uh, (laughs) Okay, this is literally the first illustration under Section 383. It says, Person A threatens to publish a defamatory libel concerning person Z. Unless hmm. person Z gives him money. Okay. He does induces person Z to give him money. Person A has committed extortion. Wow. So beautiful. It should be on the Teletubbies. It, <laughs> the little sun. Imagine the sun is like, today we learn about extortion. <laughs> we. <laughs> no, no. It's those four like tubbies that explain it. The sun just laughs. Oh yeah. The sun is quite creepy actually. Okay. But like imagine. Um, hmm. So this is what extortion really does. Okay, imagine you are in a position to have some like valuable information about somebody else. Mm, you might mm. ruin their reputation or their livelihood might be at stake. Just something you can use to cause some sort right. of damage or injury to them. Mm, mm, mm. And you use this information to make that person give you money. Okay. That is extortion. It's really that simple. Um, so, and But it needs these elements. You have to mm. have these specific elements for it to be extortion. Mm. Now, Section 384 of the IPC punishes extortion. Of course it does. It's not, it doesn't just say it's a crime. <laughs> It says, hello, you're going to jail. Um, mm. you're, it's, a, it's an imprisonment for up to three years or you could also be fined. And mm. I'm now done being a know-it-all. Please proceed, Nisha. <laughs> hey, I like that part about you. Mm, I, you know what? I feel, whenever you say stuff like that, I feel like a raven claw. <laughs> it makes you feel really nice. <laughs> yes, you are a raven claw. Except uh, nobody likes rolling. Oh, no. Ouch. Yes. Let's move on. <laughs> so, in April 2007, the Mumbai police arrested her. Uh, they said the charge was based on a complaint of extortion against Hasina and her family for taking 30 lakh rupees from a real estate agent named Vinod Avlani. Another source says it was actually 1 crore rupees and we're not able to verify this with any copy of the charge sheet, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Once again, we are thwarted by the Indian law enforcement and judiciary's refusal to just go digital. Ah. Ah! Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Yeah. 
but also given to understand that there was a bit of a chase. Um, mm-hmm. According to Hindustan Times, she evaded the police capture for a few days. Mm-hmm. No, it was not a cool car chase. It was, it was <laughs> just it was just refusal to turn up when she was summoned, like, oh, and that, oh. even that was only for like twelve days. Oh yeah, I mean like justice is slow and boring. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, eventually she turned herself in for questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there was also something really cool. Um, I mean, interesting. The public prosecutor that took up the case was a woman. What? Yes, it mm-hmm. was advocate Rohini Salian. You go, girl. Yeah. And she's a pretty famous figure. Uh, she was the former chief public prosecutor for the state of Maharashtra from 2001 to 2007, and a special prosecutor for the Indian National Investigation Agency. Damn, she's worked on so many cases, including the JJ Hospital shootout case, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the 7/11 terrorist attack of mm-hmm. uh, 2006. And the 2002 Gutkoper bombing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she was almost 60 years old at the time of the Hasina case. That's pretty cool. Man, wow! Don't you just love powerful women? Oh, they're the best. Just like sploosh. Yes, all of them. Yeah. Yes, queen. Yes, queen indeed. <laughs> okay, so this case um, had mm. many ups and downs. So mm. the papers at the time got a little emboldened. Because now there were like police reports Ooh. outrightly saying that she is going to be charged for something. So mm. they had come to a point where they were like outrightly like, "Ha ha, she's charged for extortion." Like it, it just became Ooh. a media circus of mm. sorts. Mm. Um, even now, if you look for reports from that time, it's just this. It's just yeah. near constant. Like she was booked, she was arrested, she was charged. It was just nonstop. Okay. Mm. Um, mm. But because of the hype that the police created around this themselves, it was a lot of pressure on the police to get this cl- case like. Resolve, like get a mm, conviction as mm. soon as they could. Um, in May two thousand seven, though, she was granted bail, and she had to pay a personal bond of twenty five thousand rupees, which is really not much for her at all. Yeah. Um, the court also directed her to go to the anti extortion cell uh, every day between noon and four pm for the rest of the month, ne- next whole month, basically, like just like go on a lunch date, yeah, anti extortion <laughs> cell. Um, she also wasn't allowed to leave Mumbai. Hmm. So the courts, by the way, uh, when they granted her bail, hmm. they were really pissed off at the police, uh, hmm. essentially because they didn't believe that the facts of this particular case made a good case for extortion. We have some very lovely quotes by hmm. the additional chief metropolitan magistrate at the time, V K hmm. Sharma. Hmm. He ripped into the police. Okay, <laughs> this I'm just going to read out the stuff that he said. First, when is it considered extortion? While accepting money or giving it, at most a case of cheating can be made out. That's one. Two, if the facts of the first information are considered to be a gospel truth, the alleged act committed by the accused Hasina does not fit the definition of extortion. Oh, no. And then he closed his statements by saying this: "Where is the material to show that the money retained had even reached Hasina?" Oh, no. And. The last, like, like the cherry on on all that pie. Hmm. Prima facie, there's no case of extortion or forgery made out against her. Goodbye. Oh man. Also, by the way, the FIR didn't mention her name. Is what I am given to understand. Hey, so what? I don't know. I just don't know. So the judge was like, "Come on, guys. Why did you arrest her? This makes no sense to me." Um, eventually, the the police revised the charge sheet to say cheating instead of extortion, but mm. the humiliation was done. Like it's 
yeah they've been humiliated at mm. this point you know um and to be fair the, the punishment for cheating is only 1 year mm-hmm. as compared to 3 years for extortion so they effectively had to really downgrade yeah her um, you know the charge that they made with her which is that's awful i mean it sucks for them it it does indeed yeah. yeah so what happened with the case after that oh i don't i don't know oh, what? <laughs> that, was, that is kind of it uh, there's no more development after that i've searched every uh, possible forum that i could every database that i could i cannot find anything more than this honestly i couldn't even find a copy of the charge sheet i would have loved to see that that would have mm. been beautiful even even if i actually had a chance to read the full um, bail order mm-hmm. i would have loved that too the stuff that we said um, that came from the judge was just from you know other articles that reported yeah. but that's it there's no more development as far as uh, we could find out hmm. yeah actually like not much happened with hasina after that as well like mm-hmm. so she was, she was still obviously she was still reigning over mumbai and she was still chilling in nagpara mm-hmm. um of course until 7th july 2014 unfortunately mm-hmm. because she passed away on that date so this happened during ramzan she was observing her fast uh she is reported to have complained of chest pains and she was rushed to habib hospital nearby but mm-hmm. on, like she did not survive um at the time she was succeeded by two daughters and a son hmm. you know interestingly her funeral was very very closely observed by the mm. mumbai police this again reminds me of the godfather movie yeah where um in the actually this isn't this literally the first scene they open up the wedding at, at the wedding yeah mm. and there's like like police officers deployed all around the wedding venue yep, and i think yep. uh, sunny gets super mad and he breaks a f- like a journalist camera or something whatever mm. like basically it's very similar to that um so th- the first post reported that around that time some 200 police officers were deployed to the area uh, where mm. her funeral was happening mm. just in case there was any unrest of any nature Oh. the police also went to the extent of recording the funeral procession um oh. and anybody mm-hmm. who had attended the funeral as well mm-hmm. like they were keeping notes of that um that again like i mean why does this this particular scene reminds me so much of the godfather yeah. because even in that there the police are sitting and noting down every car number that visits yeah. the venue you know yeah. it's Correct. a lot like that yeah so um, also india tv news reported that mm. Uh, Daud Ibrahim obviously didn't fly down to India for her last rites, mm. but he watched her last rites over video conferencing. Oh. Um, which I mean, yeah, even if you exclude who these people are and what they may have done in their mm. lifetime, it's still quite sad, you know. Yeah. To watch your yeah. family, your siblings' last rites and not be mm. present, it's that's got to be harsh, right? Yeah. But I mean, well, of course it's harsh, uh, but. A lot of families just went through that in the last eighteen months during the, oh my goodness, you know, yes. the coronavirus yep, pandemic. Yep. Which okay, I have just depressed myself now. That was yeah, that was really quick. Honestly, to be honest, some families don't even get to see it. So that's, that's oh, actually, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yikes! Okay, change the topic quick. <laughs> this um, is really sad. Okay, uh, here's a fun fact. Mm, so okay. um, the Hasina Parker movie. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Hasina's son had a special screening of that movie for like friends and family in Dubai. Oh. and uh, like while the rest of the world were like shadda kapoor oh my god you suck <laughs> the, the friends and family were like hey she's nice only so oh okay uh, do what you want with that information <laughs> nothing i will do nothing with that information but it is i think it's quite um, it's quite nice on some level sure sure um 
Well, guys, now it's that time again where we are at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Nisha, my love, would you like to do a little musical number to recap what we have learned so far about Hasina? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, fair. I we may we should likely skip yeah. uh, the musical number for this one. Okay, then goodbye, everyone. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! But before you switch off, mm-hmm. don't forget to follow us on Instagram. You can catch me at just nishful thinking. Mm-hmm. That's just dot nishful dot thinking, and Raghavi at uh, ragi dot dose. Yes, that's correct. Oh, I thought you were going to wait for me to say it, but fine, okay. No. Um, you can find all of our sources. There are plenty for this episode on yep. our blog. Um, you will find the link in our description as well as the links to our um, Instagram handles. Um, and we will see you on the next episode of Misconduct. Bye, guys. Bye.